This is episode 34 with Chris Walker. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. My guest today, Chris Walker, is a former director of marketer marketing turned marketing agency owner and LinkedIn micro influencer. As of the recording of this, pod, this podcast, he is nine months in ramping up his business and he's a prolific LinkedIn user. His daily posts and videos get over 4,000 views, over 130 reactions and over 40 comments. In this episode, I asked Chris about his transition to entrepreneurship, the current state of his new agency and how he's growing it. We will also dive into the top revenue drivers he's seeing on his business and with his clients. Finally, we will also cover the behind the scenes of his content and LinkedIn strategy. Chris, welcome and thank you so much for, for joining me here today. Thanks, Alonso. Really happy to join you for this. So let's dive right into it. You know, um, I learned about you through 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 LinkedIn. You, you're kind of everywhere, and I know you're popular. I don't really know how long you've been doing it, so I could say that you're an overnight sensation. But usually, when people say that, there is a long journey behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to really quick ask you about first your your transition. You know, I know that you were a marketing director before, and you, as of nine months ago, you decided to go solo. Can you just brief me a little bit about? Kind of, how did that go through for you? Yeah, totally. So, so I, I, I've been working in in B two B companies in marketing for the past five or six years, and and I felt like when I was always working there, I was always kind of like punching above my weight class, so to speak. So when I was a marketing manager, I felt like I was you know, contributing at a, at a director level and then started to move, move up in my responsibilities and start to build teams and start to see some really strong results driven by doing marketing differently than the people that were managing me were wanting to do it by cutting trade shows and running Facebook ads instead mm -hmm. by, um, by stop spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on brochures and move it into creating videos and mm -hmm. publish them on the internet or, or th th things like that. Um, and, and so I had a, a pretty accelerated progression in my career working at companies over the past three or four years. Um, and then after, after working at two and feeling like I had figured out my model, like I could go into a company, I could assess it, I could, you know, understand customers, build the technology, build the tech stack that is, build a, um, build a team underneath me, orchestrate the comms plan. Mm -hmm. I thought I had it figured out and that I could do it quickly. And so I wanted to replicate it, um, replicate it at a lot of other companies. And so that's what kind of drove me to, to make the leap. Um, and it's been going here. Basically what I've been doing to grow my company is by doing the things that I tell our clients to do, mm, which is produce audience-focused content, distribute it effectively, don't spend as much effort or don't spend all your budget on performance marketing, don't spend all your budget on sales, 
build brands. That that's kind of like the methodology. The methodology. No, that makes sense. So, basically, you you were able to uh, build and polish a revenue driving machine within a company, and then you got to a point where you decided, hey, I can also monetize this more by taking this same system and using it with different people. Is that right? Yeah, totally. And replicating it business to business. And as we've gone business to business, we've found inefficiencies. We've built process inside of it that we can do mm. it quickly. And and I think another uh, another side note is that like I've always been entrepreneurial. So even when mm-hmm. I was working at companies, I was um, I was like private labeling things out of that was manufactured in China or Turkey or South America and bringing them in and and branding them and marketing them on Instagram and selling them on Amazon and having a nice little business and doing those things um, started to give me a sense of one, how to do marketing. I was doing B2C marketing there, how to do it, how to use those techniques to make our B2B marketing better. And, and so long story short, I've just been, I've been working toward, you know, building something for myself for a while. And it takes a lot of work. Um, It takes a lot of, um, time learning to be prepared. And so, uh, yeah, it, it has been a quite a journey to get here. Mm-hmm. Now from an front end view, it seems like you're probably doing the same thing for your own agency to grow it. And could you really quick tell me what is the agency composed right now, as far as like how many logos have you been able to acquire so far in the, in the nine months you've been running this? And what is the, uh, I guess the, what is the business composed as far as a monthly retainers versus one-offs mm-hmm. for your agency? So uh, we are 95% or higher monthly retainer. So we're looking for long-term clients nice. that want to, to grow with us, to understand, to, to have, our, have us come in there, create our process, train their people, demonstrate that it works scale it. And then if they want to, they can go and do it on their own. Because my thesis is that if companies want to be able to, to continue to grow at this type of rate, they need to figure out how to do this type of marketing in their inside of their company. It will be a competitive advantage for companies that can figure this out over the next five years. And most companies aren't spending their time doing it. And so it is a, a monthly retainer fee that ranges somewhere between five and, and greater than 5,000 and greater than $15,000 a month. And, um, we currently have nine or 10, nine or 10 logos that we work with and we've been scaling out slowly. We have a very specific type of company that we like to work with. Um, and so we are, we are selective in the companies based on me feeling confident that we can get them the results that I talk about. It does Mm -hmm. nobody any good to come, to come here where I don't, I'm not confident we can get them results the results that, that I talk about, which is like very strong growth. And then they churn after six months and tell people that it didn't work. That does, that doesn't me and my company no good. It does them no good. And so we don't do it that way. So we have a very specific audience, which is B2B companies, somewhere between two and a hundred million in revenue. So greater than 2 million is a surrogate for that. They have traction in the market mm-hmm. and over a hundred million is a surrogate for once you get over a hundred million, it's really hard to implement the stuff that I'm talking about because there's too many layers of approval and gatekeepers and things like that. So we just play in that range. Um, they have a direct sales channel. They have an internal marketing team that believes in content marketing already and is looking to accelerate that in the way that we do it. 
um, and sells a product greater than $8,000 annual annual contract value. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a very specific type of company that it lends it to. Um, and, And so we might expand later, but for right now, that's where that's where we feel really good about being able to get companies the results as long yeah. as they're bought in because this is not a this is not a you hire us and all of a sudden your leads come through because we're running display ads and we give you a bunch of garbage every day that's not how we do it and so um, it requires we become a partnership with the company we act like we act like part of their team mm-hmm. and so um, companies really need to be bought in a lot of companies are looking for an outsourced SDR firm or to send LinkedIn spam messages to people so they can get calendar bookings on their stuff. And that's not the, not the way that we do things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we, some of the numbers that you just shared with me, we're we're talking about, you built a seven figure size agency in nine months and you're just getting started. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, part of your, part of your, um, revenue generation strategy obviously is is LinkedIn. You're you're very active on LinkedIn. And since you're a very revenue driven guy, could you really quick share with me what has been the end result of all that engagement that you're getting? Because obviously you're putting stuff there daily. You're getting all this engagement, but that also requires a lot of your time. I mean you're you're creating the content, mm-hmm. you're investing on uh, getting people to mm-hmm. help you put the content. What are some of the results past the engagements that, that you're seeing from from the behind the scenes of this? Yeah, so I think on average, we, we being me and, and a couple people on my team um, to produce the videos and things like this. So I write all of the copy, every comment is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a team to help us create a framework where we can create videos and publish them, but the videos come to me and then I write the copy and I publish it and then go, go and engage from there. Um, and so yeah, two hours a day, but the difference is that we have never made one cold call. Hmm. We don't have, we don't have a sales team. We spent exactly $0 on advertising. And so if Hmm. you substitute all of those expenses for me spending two hours a day doing these types of things, um, I, it's just, it's just a different way to, to do it. And so my, my belief is that that the way people buy things is is changing and there is a more efficient way to grow your business than building a large outbound sales team and this mm-hmm. is the thing the way that i've done this like i know companies that have 12 salespeople, like eight sdrs four account executives burning two hundred thousand dollars a month and can't get to the revenue value that we've gotten to in nine months and so like uh, I'm trying to show people that there's a different way to do it because I believe strongly that there is. Um, the results are, like I said, we've done none of those other traditional things that you would go from zero to a million. We've done none of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of the, all of the business is driven through this medium. And what's most exciting is not where we are today. Um, what I'm most interested in is what this looks like in 24, 36 months. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the, that's the value. You continue to build equity with people, people that have seen my content for 90 days are now coming to ask if we can do business with them. And so what happens in, what happens in three years, what other opportunities does that open up? The problem is for people is that they need to get, they want their result tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the reason that my content seems to work is that 
I'm never asking someone to do business with me. I am putting out stuff that other people try and sell for a thousand dollars or a LinkedIn course for $59 or I'm mm-hmm. giving it away. And knowing that by doing that, doing those things that over time, those things will eventually come back to me in some shape or form. Yeah, no, it's obvious. Your strategy is, is very obvious. You're out giving everyone on LinkedIn and that's why people are liking your stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. and the one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, what is, uh, what are other, you know, you, you talked about having 10 to 15 logos, monthly retainers. How, are you saying that most of them have come from leads a, that reacted or commented to your posts or that maybe messaged you as a consequence of viewing your stuff on LinkedIn? Except for the two clients that I got at the beginning which that sense. were people that I, that I worked with in the past, which makes sense. Besides that, all of our clients have come through the content marketing on LinkedIn. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, we, don't do that's any other, we don't do anything else. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No and, SEO. Uh, we put our videos on YouTube, but we, we don't really spend much time on YouTube and they don't get a lot of views right now. But, you know, maybe in the future, if we keep doing that, we'll get more views yeah. on YouTube. We spend no money. Uh, we do no advertising on Instagram and Facebook, which is a contradiction to what I tell companies that we work with to do. The reason being is that I don't recommend those channels for service-based companies. I recommend Facebook and Instagram ads for product-based companies. Um because I think there's a lot more credibility and trust that goes into selling a service and a product. Now, Chris, walk me through the average lead journey of someone coming from LinkedIn. Is, are you just sitting back and basically opening your, your, your inbox on LinkedIn and seeing all these people wanting to work with you? Or are you, are you taking more of a proactive approach and uh, following up with everybody who comments and likes uh, your, your posts uh, that meet your target customer parameters what is that um so yeah so we're doing no i'm doing no like outreach like hey you've like you've like the last three of my posts you fit our Mm -hmm. um model do you want to work with us never do that Mm -hmm. i i I don't i'm sure people do and i'm sure you could have success that way but that's not how i want to do it i want to i want to give people so much value and information that they that they have so much trust and credibility that we can help them get to the next level that's the way that I prefer. And the reason that I do it that way is because if, if I go and, and say, Hey, I saw you like that post. I think I can help you with, I think we can help you with Instagram ads. Then, then one, I have broken my overall thesis, which is that I'm waiting for people to come to me. And when they do come to me, they want me, they don't want to market. They, they want us. They don't want a marketing agency. They, they know that we provide the value. Our win rates are incredibly high. Our sales cycle lengths are incredibly short. That's why we do it this way. Um, and it, it may actually, I don't know what the right or wrong answer is. It may slow us down in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm bullish on doing it this way in a long-term view. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're saying everybody on LinkedIn that has turned into a customer have raised their hand by messaging you or emailing you? Direct message on LinkedIn or fills out a form on our website Fantastic. that says elect. And then I, the, in the discovery call, I ask the question, which is, so the first off, the conversation always starts, the discovery call always starts with, I saw your video on LinkedIn and mm. 
And then the follow-up question that I ask is, how many of my videos did you need to see before you felt comfortable reaching out to me? <laughs> and the, an the answer is somewhere between 30 and 90. Oh, and so, so, so you asked for feedback to see how long it took them to uh, make that so, step. To make that step, right? And mm. so, so the people that are posting a video a month are going to have trouble getting to 30 and getting the results that they want. That's like a very direct thing for people that want to do it this way is you got to produce content that people want to watch every day. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out, you got to figure out how to fit it in. You got to build a framework where you can do that efficiently. Mm -hmm. Now for, for those looking to replicate some of the stuff that you're doing, like tactically uh, step by step, like what is the, your content uh, creation process looks like for LinkedIn? You already said that you spend only uh, about, um, on your time. You only spend two hours a day kind of, mm -hmm. right? It gives it, give, yeah, it give or take, but I mean, mm -hmm. some, some days it's, I mean, I, I went a four day period where I didn't post at all uh, because I was on a business trip and traveling and other mm -hmm. days, maybe it's more, I would say on average, it's somewhere between an hour and two hours. Mm -hmm. um, the process changes and evolves. So we've, like I said, the framework, like we get invited to, to do podcasts. We get invited on to um, different shows. We host a show. So I go and I, we talk to VPs of marketing at companies like the ones that we're trying to go after and interview them. And then during those conversations, we produce content like this. Um, when we go on the podcast, there's a DSLR camera right here. Mm -hmm. There's a microphone on me. We're getting, the, we're getting the, the footage. We'll then take that whole set of footage. We'll take the long form and put it on YouTube. My editor will take it and get the captions and put it all together and find the clips that are right, edit it put it into a box drive. I'll go in the next day. There's 30 videos out there and we can, I can go and see which one I feel inspired to post that day. And maybe there's zero. Sometimes there's no, like today there was no videos that I felt inspired to post. And so then I go to my next tier, which is okay. Well, if I don't have a video that I want to post, like what am I going to write about? And a lot of people get caught because they have to like think about what to write about. And so I felt found a couple tricks on how to do that. So I mean, a lot of times I just inspired by the, the conversations I'm having with people like you or mm -hmm. with clients, specifically clients that push back on something. So there's like, it's not, it's not that I'm against them pushing back. It's, it's an insight because if my clients are pushing back, I know for sure that the people that are my clients are definitely pushing, pushing back on whatever that is, um, which then starts to force me to figure out how to say it in a way where people can understand it. Mm -hmm. And then I just, so I, I almost pretend like I'm writing to m one of my clients explaining why they should run Instagram ads, why they mm -hmm. should spend $10,000 to do a micro event with 50 people and have professional videography and put out the content, why they should advertise on podcasts. And so if I'm trying to convince my client on how, how would I write that in 1,200 characters to make them, to make them understand that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. That's, that's some of the, the framework that we use. No, that's great. And thank you for your generosity here, Chris. Appreciate the details. And the other thing I was going to ask you is how long you've been uh, doing LinkedIn? When did you decide, you know, I'm going to get serious on LinkedIn and decided to really implement mm -hmm. on a strategy versus kind of on and off relationship with the platform? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were um, on and off. I started to go on the platform every day in probably February of oh. 2019. Oh, wow. Um, but at the beginning, it was mainly comments. Got it. And I would get 
even even my comments i would get pe- I, w- I got a customer from my comments hmm. um i uh i had people reaching out saying you know i see you all over linkedin and all i was doing was commenting i was posting like once a month um and then i had one i had one of my posts uh, i started to do um more like written articles on our website Mm-hmm. And I had one article that I shared that somebody with a big following must have commented on. And mm-hmm. it was, it was the first time that it was like, woof in the algorithm. And it was like, I got a, I had a, a hundred, a hundred view or a, a hundred in, yeah. uh, likes and, and a, a significant amount of views. And I was like, holy cow, like this is something that can work. And then from that day forward, I had never felt that I'd never felt that feeling before, except for the first time I ran Facebook ads for a B2B company in like 2016, when I was running the Facebook ads, I was, had a $50 budget and we had for the whole night that I was running, I was watching the real time Google analytics and seeing like 50 or 60 or 70 people on our website all at once when it was only like three people. And, and I never felt that feeling like I did in, in my bedroom that night before until that post on LinkedIn. And I was like, okay, we're going pot committed LinkedIn. And from that day forward, Except for the the couple of days where I miss, we posted content every day, mm-hmm. and that was probably in uh, July August time frame. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's incredible, um, Chris. What are your thoughts on groups? As far as posting on groups, and obviously the idea here is you you get post in front of people who may not know you that may fit uh, are a better fit or fit your customer parameters versus posting on. All in front of all your connections all the time who some of those will never become a customer because they're not a good fit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't, don't use them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see how it could work for some people, but like I am, I'm posting content and the algorithm figures out everything else. They, it'll figure out who needs to see it and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Good content has good content finds people. I have people, yeah, good content finds people that need to see it. And so um, I am I am more focused on owning the real estate in the feed than in groups. And I'll if I put out good content if I put out good content every day, then the people that want to see my content will follow or connect with me and see it in their feed. And ideally, you know, I'm at the top of their feed. Um, that's just my that's just my theory. I'm not uh I don't have a strong feeling either way on that one. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever request uh, connections from people? Do I send out connection requests? Yeah, yeah. For people that that engage with my posts that are that are relevant, they might be following me already. But I'll connect with I'll connect with people. I don't have mm-hmm. a, a a robust outbound connection strategy. Like I know some people will um, create a, a filter in Sales Navigator for you know. CMOs at the companies that we're going after, and then you know connect with a hundred a day. Um, yeah, no, we no. tried. Yeah. That's more yeah, of an outbound. We tried yeah. That. yeah, we tried that at the beginning. It's like a very typical what a, what an outbound LinkedIn play, would put in place, and we just didn't. Uh, I didn't think that it was working better than the way that we do it. Okay, so put out so, put out content and let people follow you when it's good. So it would be fair to say that a small part of your strategy is to connect with prospects who engage, uh, qualify prospects who engage with your content. It has nothing to do with whether they're qualified or not. It's oh. just whether, whether, yeah, it has nothing to do with, I don't, I don't care. Um, if they're engaging with my content, 
the idea is I want people that want to see my content have the ability to see it as much as possible. What, what, is, be, your, what, it, is, what is the why behind uh, connecting with someone who engage with your content, but they don't really have a title or not going to have a title in the next three years that they could buy from you? Because they're connected with 2,000 people that might buy from me. Mm. And if they comment on my if they comment on my post and the people in Got their it. network that use the platform are going to see that comment and see mm. my post. And so the network effect, which is some this I'm giving away like some really, really detailed information here on our strategy. Like the network effect is everything. It doesn't yes. matter if the person exactly connected mm -hmm. to you is going to buy from you. Everybody knows people that could mm. buy from you. And you so we it's not that I'm using them, but like the way that I think about it is like Like there, if I put out good content for them, the, the marketing associate, either now they're going to amplify my content for the CMO that they worked for five years ago, mm. or they're going to be the marketing director in three years. And either way works out for me because you're an evangelist. I, either. Yeah, exactly. Either way works out for me. I get, I get messages, which is like, um, you know, this person who I'd never met before, this person told me to follow you. And then, and now they're the ones trying to, that w are interested in having us work with them. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't think nearly as deeply about it as people, as people might think. Cause, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just, It's a, I don't know if it's simple. No, it, it makes it sense. Feels very, it it makes feels sense. very simple to me. Yeah. It makes sense. It's a, it is a network and you're maximizing the effect of the network. And you never know yeah. who may be connected with somebody who can buy from you. With that said, um, Chris, thank you so much for you know sharing all the stuff here on, on your LinkedIn strategy. I appreciate, again, your generosity. You're not holding back and that's always uh, refreshing to see. Now, really quick, I just wanted to move on to a quick, rapid uh, series of questions. Uh, rapid fire questions before I let you go here. Um, and this is kind of to learn more about the, uh, some of the, you know, typical things uh, behind how you work, starting with what's your morning routine like? Uh, so my morning routine is I, I wake up somewhere between 4.55 and 5.15 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I uh, eat, a, eat a banana, I drink a coffee, and then I go to the gym. Uh -huh. um, Mon Monday through Friday, it's, it's workout at 6 a.m. And, um, and Saturday and Sunday, it's workout at 7.30. Mm -hmm. um, so, sorry for the background noise. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, the, uh, that's the routine. Um, um, out of the gym, showered, at my desk, ready to work by 7.45. And one word that best describes how you work. Uh, efficiently. Mm. Current computer. My current computer. Yeah. MacBook Pro. Mobile device. iPhone 11. Uh, apps or tools you can't live without. Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me check my phone screen. Link LinkedIn. Oh, nice. LinkedIn, Spotify. Uh huh. Instagram and Google Maps. Mm. Uh, whatever they think, are you better or better than average than everyone else? Um, 
work ethic. Mm. What's your workspace setup like? Uh, right now, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> but typically, I typically I have a uh, a standing a standing desk. I spend mm -hmm. a lot of time there on calls and with clients, um, mm -hmm. and uh, try and get outside. I take my dog for a walk quite often. Okay. What's your best? Just take a little bit of a break. And what's your best uh, time-saving life hack? Um, wake up early. Mm. What's your favorite way to keep track of your to-dos? Of my... To-dos. Things to do. I, I'm sorry. Oh, well, well how, I, how do I think, uh, keep track of my to-dos? Um, Asana. Or, mm. or, a, or a standard Asana for work. And then if it's like... I. I come in every morning and I usually write like the top 10 things that I need to get done mm -hmm. and then prioritize them and then start and start working toward it in between the other things that I have going on that I'm already committed to. Uh, do you listen to music while you work or you go silent? Both. I'm on the phone a lot. So when I'm, but when I'm not on the phone, I'll listen to music from time to time. What, what are you currently reading or listening to? Uh, for music. No, just uh, learning for business. Oh, just in general? In general. Uh, yeah, in general. That's yeah. not necessarily Yeah, business. so a couple of things. So I'm reading, um, what is it called? Digital Darwinism by Tom Goodwin, mm -hmm. um, which I think is a really good, uh, it's a really great book that gets you to think about why companies don't change and why companies don't innovate. I, I love it, actually. A very good, it's not a very tactical book, but it's very good to get you to think in a different way. I would mm -hmm. highly recommend it. Um, and I, uh, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast. Mm. What's your sleep routine like? Um, I'm trying to get to bed somewhere between 10 and 11 and I'm up around five. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Take a walk. In the last three years, what have you become better at saying no to? Or things in the last that I don't want to do. <laughs> things that you don't want to do. Things okay. that I don't want to do. So, and I'll, let me go a little bit deeper on that because I think uh -huh. it'd be interesting for people. Which is like, at some point, I realized that I didn't have to go to the party with my friends. Mm. I realized that I um, didn't have to um, go to the networking event that I didn't want to go to. I didn't have to. I didn't have to work at the job that I didn't want to work at, and so uh, there was a certain point where I started to take control of of my life by and knowing that I have the decision about whether or not to do anything that I want. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give your twenty-year-old self? Um. Spend more time with the people that you'd like to become. Mm -hmm. And then um, you, do you have kids, wife, solo? What's your... My, do my dog. Your dog. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and then one more thing. Last question on this series is what... So uh, well, second last question is what's something that most people don't know about you? Um... I mean, I would say most people don't know don't know most about me. 
Um, I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I, uh, exercise, I work hard. I have a small group of friends. I don't do too many fancy things. I, uh, um, pretty simple. Like I think people might, might see based on my content that I'm, uh, somebody that's made it or special. And I'm just like most everyone listening to this podcast. I just, um, have spent the past seven or 10 years working hard, waiting for the right moment like this, where, where mm-hmm. LinkedIn organic reaches high and I've, and I've honed my craft and I understand content marketing. And I understand what I'm talking about. And I have a unique point of view that's different than how 95% of people are doing it right now. Now, uh, before we uh, go to the last question, uh, where can people find you online other than LinkedIn? Uh, LinkedIn's the place to go. That's it. All right. Very focused. <laughs> okay, Chris, you can take your time for this one. You might have heard this question before. If today was your last day on earth and everything you created was all to disappear, all your posts are gone, all your videos, there's no track of you, but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three truths about life, what would those be? That's deep. <laughs> Not your typical uh, business podcast. <laughs> um, the... Uh, the first one is do the right thing. Okay. Um, I would say the next one is, um, build as many strong relationships with people as you can, because the people are far more important than the skills. You need the skills and then you need the people. Both. Um, And the third one is you're you're in control of your life. If you don't want to do something, if you don't like your job, if you, um, you know, don't like your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, you have the control to change that situation. All right. Do the right thing. People over skills, but both are important. Build as many relationships as you can and you're in control of your life. Hey, Chris, that's very insightful. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Alonzo. That was fun. And that was my interview with Chris Walker. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access these episode's notes along other resources at bit.ly slash pts ep034. Finally, if you enjoy listening to this interview, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.